Welcome to the Men of Magic, an interview podcast that gets into the lives of your favorite Magic the Gathering personalities. With your host, Robert Martin, and now the Men of Magic begins. Welcome to another episode of Men of Magic. As we move closer to number 50, I am joined this week by a person who is a combination of card alterer, writer, Mom enjoys everything about magic, was nice enough to donate stuff for last weekend's MTG cast get-together. She's also going to be part of the new podcast coming out soon called Sarah's Angels. Her and her husband have a wonderful 14-month-old son, and I'm joined this week by MJ Scott. Hey, everybody. Glad to be here. Let's start where it all back began. When did you start to enjoy magic, and what drew you in? Okay, um, well, it was back in Conflux, and uh, my husband, Elliot, had been playing since um, 95, I think he said, so Ice Age or 4th Edition, and, um, you know, we'd, we'd been together for about a year, and I had no idea that he had this, this hobby, and it was just one night, um, you know, getting dark, we had nothing to do, we weren't going out, no plans for the night, you know, we made a couple cocktails at home, because I, I used to be a bartender, so um, we always have you know, some kind of good libation handy, uh, this time I think it was bourbon, and it was, you know, we are just deciding what to do, um, I think we'd finished watching all of the Rescue Me series pretty much, and we just got to talking about nerdy things we did back when we were kids, and, you know, I have good memories of you know, comic books, like that old X-Men cartoon and stuff. And he had some similar experiences, mentioned playing this card game with his friends. And I, you know, I was like, what, you mean like poker or, you know, and, you know, he said no, you know, but but I could, you know, show you like the game if you're interested. So I said, okay. And, you know, he goes down to the basement and he just, he comes upstairs and he's got these, you know, those huge, you know, white, like shoe boxes, I guess, that everybody stores their, their magic cards in. And I, I was like, what the hell was going on? What is this? And then he just laid it out on, on the coffee table. And uh, I just thought, oh, this is crazy. This is like that, that, ma- that magic card game. And he was, he was kind of sheepish and he said, yeah. And then, um, I just, you know, I, I picked up a card. I don't, it might have, been like Abby Gargoyles, I think. It's one of the first cards I remember seeing. And I just, you know, I saw the art. It was beautiful. And I just thought it looked like fun. And so he explained it to me. And then we, we played a few games. And that was that. And I was, I was totally hooked. Now, when it came to teaching how to play the first time, yeah, was the rules really weird? Because a lot of times when people first play the game, right, you kind of go, wait, I do this now. I can't do this. I can't cast this spell then. Yeah. I think one thing that really helped with me learning the game is that um, I, I, I tend to be quick. I, I tend to be quick learning things, but I'm, I'm more of an impetuous type. And my husband is very organized and, you know, he, he goes he likes to go through things slowly. And so he started he started with the basics. He started with, you know, with mana. And so we went over, you know, the mana base, the five colors, the whole, you know, theory and concept behind that. And then went on, you know, from there in an organized fashion, like, 
you know, well, these are like the card types and then here, you know, here's their abilities. So it's sort of, um, it was just the order that he laid it out. Um, and then, you know, my, my natural tendency to, to, you know, be competitive with myself that made me want to pick it up quickly that actually made it fairly easy for me to grasp the basics. So that, that part wasn't too difficult. There were some things I had to have him, had to have him repeat. But, um, getting to a, to the level of just being able to sort of, you know, like, um, like trip my way through a game was pretty easy. Um, and getting to a, getting to a higher level is a completely different story. So, um, I haven't really moved there yet. Uh, so that, that's kind of the next goal because right now I still need to have a lot of rules clarification and, I will just, you know, make tons of misplays, obviously, and there's things I don't see and, and all kinds of jazz like that. But as far as getting the basics, it went pretty easily, but I would just, I would, I would credit that to, you know, to his teaching style, actually. What about the artwork that really fascinated your eye right away? Well, I was just excited to see that it was all fantasy art. <laughs> and I mean, I, I, I pretty much can't hide the fact, like, that sci-fi and fantasy, you know, really excites me, and it always, it always has. It's just that none of my, none of my friends, um, like my, my girlfriends outside of the magic community, for example, um, you know, they don't have similar artistic interests or similar, you know, gaming hobbies, and so it was, I mean, if I talked to anyone about it, it would be my younger brother, and that was it, so, when I saw this art and I was just like, you know, this says gargoyle and, you know, it it's, looks like a lion with wings, you know, or whatever. I, I just, I, I was so excited because it really, it, it tapped into that part of my brain that had just been, you know, dormant or that had, that had never been able to connect with someone else um, in the realm of, of fantasy and sci-fi. So it was just, it was kind of like, I mean, it sounds really cheesy, but, you know, it's kind of like a dream come true because you just have this interest, you know, and it's just hiding back there and, and you, in the closet and you, it never sees the light of day. And then suddenly it's like we, it was like, you know, free reign to talk about this all day long and, you know, and find someone who has similar appreciation. So it just, I mean, the art's just fantastic. There's such a variety and in general, I, I love the genre. There's always something new to look at with every set, and I think in general, Wizards does a great job with that. So um, it was a number of things, but but for me, it was it was just kind of one of those aha moments, you know, just finding out that this was out there, and you know, I was lucky enough to have someone sitting next to me who also appreciated the same. You know, the same thing. What was the first card you altered? The first card that I altered was, um, it was actually fairly recent, and it was Viridian Corruptor. And that came about because I, I tend to have a stronger urge to alter cards where I'm not really feeling the original art. So, and that was one of the ones I wasn't really feeling very much. <laughs> How difficult is it to be involved with art and yet look at different cards and go, wow, I mean, is this what you were trying to accomplish? In terms of, in terms of art? Yeah. 
I mean, um, well, definitely, I think one of the first things that stands out, you know, is is color. I mean, as far as as far as critiquing, like, does you know, if it's a green card, you know, is there green somewhere on it? I mean, that's that's easy. Um, then, you know, it does the. I think next I would go to looking at, you know, the name specifically. Does like the character, you know, suit the name? Um, for example, with the Viridian Corruptor, obviously it's a, you know, it's a single character, and then um, he or she is is holding, you know, what looks like a corrupted artifact, and so then I my eye would probably drop down to the the text box, and I'd look at the abilities and say, you know, does this does the image then match up with the abilities, and you know, okay, it destroys an artifact when it comes into play. Okay, that seems, you know, to match up. And then I'll kind of go over the art more, you know, with a fine-tooth comb. And it's sort of at that last stage was where my issue with, you know, the corruptor kind of um, arose. Because I just, I guess it's it's just the style that I didn't particularly like. And it's, I guess it's sort of a, um, a rework of, is it Viridian Elf? I want to say, and I just, that, that image, it's a lot softer, um, it's obviously feminine, and I just, she seemed, she seemed to be kind of more comfortable in, in her skin, I mean, as far as the, the character, I mean, depicted on the, on the image, and the reading corrupter, I thought, no, oh, you know, this guy's a little stiff. I'm not really sure, you know, if he's going or coming with the, and I don't know what he's holding it. <laughs> and so that, that's where it kind of broke down for me. But in general, most cards, I think, do a really great job of depicting what's, what's going on. There's always exceptions. And then there's always, you know, um, cards where personal tastes come in. And that, that's what it was, it was like for me with, with the corruptor, and so that's why I chose it as my first alter. You are willing to do card alterations. Yeah, definitely. What is the challenges of, say, someone giving you a card? I'll just use one for an example, like a gatekeeper, Malakar. And do yeah. they describe to you what they want from it, or do you are you taking the card and giving them a picture back? Yeah, sure. You know, well, it depends because some people have, you know, some people have a strong idea of of what you know they want um like i know one of my one of my you know twitter facebook acquaintances um carla young who's you know hopefully we're going to get on the sarah's angels cast as well sometime she you know said she had a request and you know it was a very strange image it was i forget which card but it was you know an an eye a close-up of a human eye and then it was like there like someone was popping a zit below the eye and the magic was spewing out of it. And I just thought that is really odd, you know, but she did it. She did a great job. So you never know. Some people are going to have, you know, what might be perceived as wacky, you know, ideas. And then you just decide if it's, if it's something that you're comfortable with doing or if it's something that's not really your deal. And then you could, you know, refer them to a different alter if it's, if you feel it doesn't match up well with your style or your skill set. Um, but I find that most people actually are, are, are kind of open, you know, that they're more, they're, they're more looking for you to come up with ideas and, and then, you know, sort of see, 
see what you come up with or, you know, they'll say, yes, I like that or no, I don't like that. But in general, most people are actually completely open. And so that's, that gives you a lot of room to, you know, create. Of course, then the pressure is on because you have to think of something that's going to, that's going to be cool, you know, because you want them to be happy with the end product. What was the inspiration behind donating something for this weekend's MTG cast convention? Yeah, um, that, you know, I just, it was David, I think is his name. Yes. Right, David. And he's, he's like, why underscore Voda, I think on Twitter. Correct. Yeah. And he, I, I got an email from him and, you know, he, he said, you know, we're having this event and it's MTG cast listener appreciation and we would like, you know, artists to donate um, pieces um, for an auction that's going to support the MTG cast network. And, and um, in exchange, you know, um, the artists can display their work at this, at the live event. And I just thought, that sounds fantastic. I mean, I I think community involvement and community engagement is something that's been really important to me, no matter where I've been in life. Um, I used to work as an accountant, and I only lasted that one year. But my my focus while I was there ended up being organizing community service events and trying to get people involved with the, with the community, you know, I, and I was much less interested in the actual accounting than I was in the, in the networking and, and trying to get, you know, my, my talented coworkers, you know, out there in the community and, and talking to kids and, and doing volunteer work. So when I heard about this, I just, I mean, you can see I would be immediately be on board because, you know, you're giving back, you're supporting, you're supporting um, something that is really providing a, a real, you know, tangible service to the magic community, and so there was no way I could pass it up. And I just, I, I, you know, I had a few altars that I had done that were just in stock, and I just shipped those all out today right away, and um, basically didn't need any coaxing to get on board because it was just right up my alley. So um, I, I heard it went pretty well. So he emailed me and said they had a pretty good turnout, and um, that the auction will be happening sometime soon. So there should be announcements. So, you know, if people are interested in that, it's something to, to keep an eye out for. Well, that's always wonderful. People can give back to it because without it, our community won't grow. Exactly. Everybody brings something unique, like in your case. I, I could never. Art art to me is like talking Chinese. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Chinese is pretty hard. I mean, I can't speak Chinese either, so we're in the same boat there. But I know what you mean. A lot, you know, of of different personalities in a community to keep it vibrant and diversity. And you know, it's not really defined by you know color of skin, you know, or your sexual orientation. I mean, those things matter. But I, I mean, I believe that diversity is more about experiences and just different perspectives. And you know. A lot of that just has to do with different personalities coming together and learning to get along with each other and work for something, you know, work for the greater good, basically, you know, which also sounds really cheesy, but I'm, I'm, I'm full of cheese <laughs> when it comes to this stuff, so you'll probably be hearing more of that. Let's talk about merging of interesting personalities. You guys are coming together to put together a podcast that's Sierra's Angels, and yes. it's going to be the first all-women podcast. It's going to be actually the first podcast with more than one woman on the show. This all just kind of came together real quick. It did. Um, it was uh, Amanda. Who's uh, whose Twitter handle's at Sage Gnosis, 
she she tweeted at me. I don't know what the what the right verb is for Twitter still to this day. <laughs> tweeted, I don't know. But she mentioned that would I be interested in doing an all you know an all female all woman you know podcast and I I just thought well I mean I just thought well if you know hey if it's just you and me I don't I don't know if I can fill the time there because I don't even play very much you know I can talk about art or you know Borthos stuff but um I asked you know who, who else is on board and so we kind of just got to talking on Twitter about who else might be good and there's some there's some strong personalities on Twitter and we we just kind of threw some names out and I said um you know well did you you know there's Sonia who's um at Rujadet is her Twitter handle and you know she's that she's that fiery redhead you know I think um I forget where she's from do you know where she's from I know there's a huge time difference but I yeah forget. I think it's like <laughs> somewhere one of those European countries I, I don't I don't know if she's ever said but she's a good one to have too there Definitely. She, and yeah, and she's, you know, I mean, she's just great, loves to chat. Um, she's a strong personality. And then there's, um, we think Michelle, um, who's uh, SUNY FDC, she she might be coming on for a few shows. We'll see. I mean, her schedule's pretty busy. She's in, I mean, obviously, she's in the Community Cup, and she's a frag doll and everything, but um, we'd love to have her on. I mean, you know, she's she's kind of an icon in the community as far as girl gamers go. Um, she's taken it, you know, to to a really high level. Um, I mentioned uh, my friend Carla. She's also a card alter. Um, Carla artist is her Twitter handle, and she's she's just amazingly talented. I personally really like her style. Um, and then we also have Jackal Girl. And that's Charlotte Sable, and she's a judge. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we're kind of trying to, you can see, you know, we sort of lucked out and are covering all the bases or trying to. Um, and then last but not least, our second Sonia, who is at Orange Chant, and she's a Gathering Magic writer. She writes about grinding and drafting. And so another active player. And that, that would be nice to round out the cast. So, um Things are still tentative with respect to some of these scals, but we're hoping to at least get everybody on, you know, for a few shows, even if it's, you know, here and there, just so we have a good representation of you know, different, different um, personalities, you know, that um, can bring perspectives on being a woman, you know, in the magic community and, and also representing different areas of interest in the community stereotyped as mm -hmm. it's a woman when she comes to a magic tournament all she sees is a bunch of sneaky guys that haven't showered <laughs> uh, bathing's an option things like that mm -hmm. what is it like to I don't want to say break the stereotype because that's really not true but mm -hmm. question or be different because it really it is and it's something that's good because anytime you have different personalities put together it always provides for better content. Yeah, so absolutely. What do you? What are your thoughts on this? Just from it hasn't started yet, but what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, well, I think that first of all, just by just by getting all of these, you know, um, um, perspectives as women together in the same place, 
so that people can, you know, hear that there are actually different, um, different perspectives and quite a bit of nuance even amongst women in the community. I, I think we'll go, you know, a long way to, you know, to show that, you know, it's not, you know, not every woman is this stereotype or that stereotype. Um, there's, there's no reason to, you know, to sort of, you know, mythical unicornize every, you know, female that's, that's in the room. Um, people will see there's a lot of different perspectives that, there are, um, you know, conflicting points of view. And in fact, that within, you know, within the community of, of women in magic that are, they're actually, you know, really different points of view. I mean, you know, um, I'm, you know, I'm a mom and then there's going to be young, you know, girls, I mean, younger don't have kids yet. And, um, you know, Amanda's talked about, you know, her, um, her status as, you know, a trans person. And I just think that it's going to really highlight the diversity in the magic community at large, because even within this, you know, small cadre of women, and it, and it is definitely a, a, a much, you know, a, a small percentage compared to, you know, the, the male perspectives, people are going to see that there's just a, a wide range, you know, we're from like here to there. And and I think that is going to bring something new and is is going to actually improve the landscape um, as far as the community goes. At least that's what we hope. There's been an explosion lately, and now quality is really going to help. And I think that's one of the things that you guys can bring because it's, A, it's a different perspective, and B, I'm not saying this to be in general, but guys are typically lazy. Well, you know, I, I think when what happens, you know, it is is it you have you have everybody out there, you know, and 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 everybody's everybody's contributing and everybody's you know working so hard, you know, just to get their cast out there, and you kind of see like, well, these guys are doing this and these guys are doing this, you know, and you know, so as long as you know we're we're on par there, you know, we're doing okay, and I think, you know. In any discipline or, you know, in, in, in any market, it's like bringing a new product to market. You, sometimes you need a fresh infusion of ideas or, you know, people who aren't as tired from having done it weeks and weeks in a row or just, you know, maybe, you know, um, aren't burnt out on it can come in and just try something different. And then what it does is it just triggers everybody else, you know, sort of thinking, oh, hey, you know, well, we had all these new ideas that we just didn't act on yet. Let's let's do that, you know, or let's let's improve what we've been doing, or let's take this to the next level. I mean, and it and, and it happens, you know, I mean, it happens in in gameplay. I mean, in in the formats, it's the same thing that happens with decks, you know. And and I think I think that will be something that that this this podcast might you know help catalyze again. You know, that's that's kind of what we hope and. Like you said, you know, there's there's a lot of great podcasts out there, and when I do get the chance to listen to them, I generally enjoy, you know, a lot of them. But I have I have noticed that there's a tendency for some to gonna get longer and longer, and so we're gonna try to keep it pretty tight. And and so you know, hopefully, just bringing something new will 
you know, make people be more creative as far as implementing their own ideas. And, you know, I mean, then in general, you know, the whole network will basically, you know, go to the next the next level. And then someone will come out with a new and grand idea after we do our, you know, Sarah's Angels podcast. And we'll say, hey, oh, my gosh, you know, we've, we've got to innovate or we've gotten tired. Man, I'm burnt out. <laughs> so that's just the, that's just the way things go. So we are what we are hoping for a positive response and a positive outcome. And I, I cannot tell you how supportive everyone has been and all, you know, the guys on the podcast who are already out there and doing this, you know, week in and week out, yourself included and tangent. And I mean, I just, I know I'm forgetting, you know, to mention people, but the support for the idea has been incredible. And so I just want to say that the people that are already casting, you know, that's, we couldn't, like, we wouldn't have this idea without, you know, what has gone before. So I just want to make that clear so my comments aren't misconstrued as, you know, belittling anything that has happened before. But I still stand by the, the statement that it does take sometimes fresh blood to add, like, the, the infusion of energy, you know, for the whole for the whole to go to the next level. So I'm hoping that everybody will just, you know, keep creating new shows and, Everyone keeps getting better and better. I mean, that's what we want, you know. Well, you won't hear any argument from me. I think challenge and reinvent yourself. A lot of times a good product, like you said, get very stale. Yeah, absolutely. Changing things up once in a while doesn't hurt. Done that on Nascrewed. Absolutely. Tom does not have the same regular people on all the time. Mm-hmm. Monday Night Magic could be, could be me, Conley, and Chris. Next week it could be... Jack, Adina, and uh, even Dejin. I mean, it's it's a rotating voice. The only one you hear consistently is Tom. So that is something that, to the positive on your guys' behalf, you can do that. I mean, yeah. literally, because you have such a, a different and vast group of people yeah. to choose from. Absolutely. I mean, and it's it's just it's it's going to be really fun. And who knows? We might. It might crash and burn. We might all hate each other when we get on air. Well, that might be good. That might be good listening to, but you never know. Sometimes it takes trial and error and, you know, things evolve over time and, and you, you work until you get the right combination and you learn as you go. You know, it's the same whether, whether you're doing altars or you're building decks or you're podcasting or if it's in your nine to five career, it's, it's the same thing. So, um, I think, I think one important thing is just, you know, to keep to keep in mind that it's a constant learning experience and there's always something that you can learn from from someone else whether it's a new person or it's your predecessor and you know just to stay to stay humble about things because you know in the end this is still about gaming and entertainment and having a strong community and you know, I just, I think the real buzzkill is if, you know, people take themselves, you know, too seriously. So you want to, you want to challenge yourself. You want to challenge yourself to bring something of value to the community. At the same time, you know, people need to stay grounded and, and realize that, you know, at the core, you know, it's usually, you know, entertainment. And, and I think, you know, with that attitude, you know, and, and that's the attitude I've seen most people have, you know, at least, um, at least in the, you know, the readers of my Gathering Magic articles and also on the Twitter community, I, I've really seen that 
that strong and positive attitude. So, I mean, it just, it makes you want to do more for the community. And I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of other people feel the same way. What was it that drew you to Gathering Magic? Well, I had been, you know, reading um, articles on the site. I'd been reading the, the Vorthos columns by Mike Linneman, and I noticed that, you know, it was one of the, you know, few sites or the only site that had a, had a dedicated Vorthos, you know, labeled Vorthos, um, you know, column for people who, you know, are into the art and the flavor side of magic and, and not, you know, so much into the competitive play aspects. And so I had started reading those and I followed Mike on Twitter and, um, and then I, I checked out, um, the little section that that Trick has on on the side of the Gathering Magic page, it says, you know, writers wanted. And I, I noticed at one point, you know, last month or the month before, that they were actually looking for more writers that had an art background or that were interested in both those topics. And I and I just thought, you know, man, I got to take a shot. I got to try this. You know, I. I might not, you know, have the the art history degree, but I've I've done artistic pursuits all all of my life in like a number of disciplines, um, you know, from from theater to you know TV commercials <laughs> to you know to visual arts, and I just thought, you know, maybe I could maybe I could bring something you know fresh to the community and and contribute because. I, you know, I, I felt like at that point I had made a lot of friends on Twitter and I was getting a lot of value from people just from acquaintances on Twitter and on Facebook and everyone had been really welcoming and I just had this urge to be involved in the community and, and bring, and bring something of value and, and, and give back, you know, and, and also personally to, to push myself to, to write, you know, for a larger audience. Um, to do something weekly, you know, see if I can make a deadline. <laughs> and, and so I just went ahead and tried it. And, um, Trick's response was, thank goodness, really favorable. I mean, I would have been completely crushed <laughs> if it wasn't favorable. I mean, I probably would have tried again, but it was nice that he was willing to take a chance on me, a, a relative newcomer to the scene and a relatively new magic player. Um, you know, just based on the, the email that I, that I sent him and, um, what I had proposed for a few article ideas. Uh, so I felt really lucky that, that, that Trick was the editor that I decided to send, you know, my, my first, <laughs> my first pitch to and, you know, he gave me a chance and I will forever be thankful for that because it's just, it's just become something something great, you know, and I work really hard every week to try to bring something entertaining and, you know, generally uplifting, um, for people to read. Um, and I just, I can't say enough, like, thank you trick. It's, <laughs> it's been great. So that's how I, I ended up with, with that gig. Trick really loves him. The fact that it was a lot like him and he started up the site, Manonation and kind of his step into the foray and, got bigger and people started paying attention to it and I think he understands the fact of where things started how he would like to see other people do the same thing he's one of the nicest people that 
you'll talk to because I've had him on an interview here for the Magic. Absolutely wonderful, polite, <laughs> about as open and as honest as you can get about Magic. And that's right. something that, that you can really enjoy. And, I, and I'm sure that reflects in how he works and how he, how he deals with people like you. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, he, he clearly feels, um, you know, a sense of responsibility or, or a, de- a desire to be, um, you know, sort of a, sort of a mentor or, um, it's to people in the community. And I can, I can tell he really cares. And it, and it comes, it does come through. You're right. In, in his work as an editor, it makes him a great person to work with. I mean, and it just, you know, inspires, I mean, inspires loyalty. It's great. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the opposite of my office environment <laughs> at my at my day job, which will soon go away. But, but wait, 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 before it yeah. goes away, what do you do in your day job? <laughs> I'm I'm a communications assistant, so I, I help edit, you know, corporate stuff and um, write, you know, other corporate stuff. <laughs> And uh, I would just like to be more creative. Uh, it's, I mean, it's nice to get to work with words in, in my day job, you know, when I do or, um, you know, get to do, I mean, uh, even like little things like document layouts or fixing letterhead. I don't really mind because it's visual, but it's just it's just not where I, where I want to be. And I, you know, it, it was great. It was great before my company had, you know, a merger. And I know this happens to a lot of people, so I really, you know, don't want to sound like I'm complaining too much about it, but it's just the company completely changed. You can't do anything about that. So silver lining is that it's an impetus to to do something else and to go do what I actually want to do. So that's the idea. Basically, with an opportunity like that, you're going to school too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to school, but... It's at least they're, they're distance classes, so I have deadlines, and it's through the community college, so it's a little more affordable. It's not like I'm trying to go out and get my first degree. Um, my, my undergrad um, is a BA in English, and then I also have a certificate in accounting. <laughs> like I told you, it was little used. Um, so for me, it's just a matter of needing to get the skills to do more design work, and I don't, I don't need the the whole piece of paper again per se. So I don't have to go for the whole graphic design, you know, BA. I can just take the classes that I need and try to complete them on my my schedule. Um, it does add, it does add a lot to you know to the stress and um, the daily workload. But it, at least it's doable this way. So it's not like I'm, I'm, I have to go to class every day and, you know, tote my bag along and hang on all day at the, at the Starbucks trying to write my papers or anything like that. <laughs> How is that going to change things for you after you acquire what you're looking for to get into what you really want to do? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely hoping that it will. And I think, I think there's a good chance because, um, Portland actually has a lot of a lot of marketing and advertising agencies. Um, it's it's got a fairly vibrant um, you know artistic side to the town, and so I think there's definitely an opportunity for freelance work. And basically, what I need to be able to do is is translate all of my you know my painting skills and um, you know my uh, my pencil and ink skills to, you know, the computer, because <laughs> I'm still in the dark ages here. 
<laughs> so after I do that, what I'd like to do is be able to, you know, approach small businesses, say, hey, you know, I can do I can do your logos for you. I can do marketing materials. You know, um, I might even, you know, go so far as to try to specialize in in um helping, you know, nonprofits on a contract basis. I'd like to be able to work out of my home, my home office, do card alters and do design work, you know, from here. And that would basically be my dream job. So that's 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 the long term plan, Robert, right there. <laughs> if you do this well, you're out there in Portland, which is yeah. relatively close to Seattle. Yes. <laughs> and a certain place that does these goofy little cards that have all the card on it. <laughs> Oh, well, what, um, what if yeah. one of those goofy little people from that company decided to call you and say, hey, let's see some of your work? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would be that would be a great that would be a great day. <laughs> that would be a celebratory drink right there. No, I would if they needed me to do anything ever up there, I would I would I mean, I would take the train up there every morning if I had to to, you know, be a part of what goes on. In, in, in that, you know, that funky little secret place up there outside of Seattle. That would be fantastic. I mean, I would be excited. It would be a new experience, and but still in the vein of, of, um, of artistic creation and still in the vein of, you know, perpetuating this thing that we all love in this community. Well, so I would definitely be excited. Let's say it's five years from now and you're doing this. Sure. And all suddenly there's another young girl like yourself out there that looks at this and goes, hmm, I don't know if I like this. And now they're criticizing your art. <laughs> <laughs> what happens then? You know what? I would, <laughs> I, you know, I would hit her up on Twitter. Well, okay, it probably wouldn't be Twitter. It would be something else, right? I would, like, psychically contact her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and say, you know what, you should get into card alters. <laughs> and I would just say, just cover that crap up. If you don't like it, do something about it. <laughs> I would not have a problem with it. And I, and I would actually, I mean, I would actively encourage anyone who wants to try card alters, whether it's me, I mean, um, or I mean, whether it was, if this, you know, ridiculously wonderful scenario that you're proposing <laughs> happened if it was my art or who you know whoever else's you know don't worry about it just just try the card alter and you know it doesn't even matter if it turns out badly or not the first time you know it's just it's it's good for people to have a creative outlet and i would always i would always encourage that you know i have yeah. noticed you have a small bit of competition one yeah. marshall from limited resources <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few. I mean, I think the discussion on Twitter was, did Marshall make magic card counters, actually, or counters out of magic cards? Did you see that? There's nothing that this guy can't do that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I, I mean, I, was, I didn't see the end of that conversation, but I, I just thought, wow. I mean, because, you know, there's the 3D cards, and now apparently there's constructing counters out of cards. I mean, it seems like it's really limitless. So people will find all kinds of things to do. I mean, magic card bikinis, whatever you want, pretty much you can do with a magic card. Yes, and that actually happened on 
that was one of the challenges between two of the more casual shows, between Avant Card Show and in the Manipool. Claire paid her bet by sending a picture of herself in a Magic Card bikini. Oh my gosh! I asked Chewy on the interview I did with him. I said, "So can we see this picture?" And he goes, "Absolutely not. You will be killed before I see it." <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> But it's between friends, and he goes, "Yes, and I'd like I'd like Claire to have respect for me the rest of my life." I'm like, "Oh, okay," because basically he promised that he would never show it to anybody else, and it, and that's cool and that's fine. But it's like, right. oh, come on, man, really? You know, that's funny because I <laughs> I I saw somewhere that. Um, Someone was saying that instead of seeing women all the time in, in, in magic card bikinis, that someone should just get like Brad Nelson in a magic card bikini. <laughs> so I don't know. How about that? <sighs> you know, just to be fair. Brad's a tremendous magic player. Don't get me wrong. And I have great respect for him as a player, but. <laughs> Even even uh, Jack has brought that up. I don't know if he was being serious or it's one of Jack's delusionary states. Where he said we should have a Meta Magic calendar, and I looked at him and I said, "You want nobody to buy this, do you?" <laughs> That's great. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we're gonna have to bring this up on on Sarah's Angels. <laughs> nobody, nobody would buy that. I said, "Okay, we've got." Let's see. I started scrolling through the list of names. I'm thinking through magic. I said, okay, uh, let's see. We have Tangent's decent looking, and we have uh, Joey from OMTG Taps. He's young, good looking. I don't think his girlfriend would mind. We got rattled off about five names. I said, okay, Jack, that takes us through five months of the year. What are we going to do for the other seven? Give me a five-month calendar. Yeah, and he was like, well, you know, and I said, I don't see you volunteering. He goes, no. And I'm like, okay, then that answered our question. Next. <laughs> well, maybe if it was a really good cause, you know, might get some buyers there. There's no living human being that would buy that calendar. I don't even think we'd buy that calendar. I, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I take that back. I would buy it to burn it. But, uh, you know. <laughs> All right. We'll have to come up with another another great fundraising idea. <laughs> yes. Because it's funny with people how they did to that. And we put it up on Twitter, and all of a sudden they're like, there was this not a chance in hell. Don't even think about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That the, the vehemence of that reaction just really cracks me up. Is the stereotypes of magic players end yeah. up really coming out? <laughs> right. and stuff like that because you know the overweight ones are the ones who you know don't shower and like I said earlier, a lot of those stereotypes are unfortunately true. Uh, go to a grant, go to a Grand Prix or go to a PTQ, and that's one of the things that I give Conley credit for because you brought that up earlier mm-hmm. with Conley is that he, those of us a part of this, we're trying to break that stereotype. Yes, it's something different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we all can't be skinny like you, so you know. <laughs> oh man, well, you know, I love I love that Conley's got a blazer on in his in his Facebook picture. I asked him why he wears it to every tournament, and he says that's just something that he does that makes him different. It separates him, yeah. and to this day, he still doesn't believe that the tournament that he was at at 
Dallas, he was wearing a, a velvet jacket. It, it, I swear. It looked like something <laughs> that had come out. Back in the 70s, they used to put velvet on the walls. Right. <laughs> and I swore oh, yeah. that he went into somebody's house, cut it out, and made it a blazer. And the one on his Facebook page? I'm going to look at it right now. And he's like, that's not what it is. I said, go back and look at that, and you tell me that's not the same thing. It does. I can see, I mean, I can see where you're coming from. It does look kind of velvety. But I saw it live in person. And it still looked velvety? And it looked very velvety. Can I touch it? He goes, no. I'm like, no. <laughs> and there was a sad face as I said, as he said that to me. And I'm like, oh. Oh. I'm you're not, touch, you're too. not touching my jacket? And I'm like, okay. That's fine. Yeah. Certain players are protective like that. Yeah. Stay out of my bubble, right? Pretty much. Pretty much. Now, Conley's a good guy. And I think, how many, have you gone to any larger events? I have not yet. I've I've only like hung out around the card shop and just you know I've I've heard uh, my husband t- talk about just a couple he's gone to but but not you know not any really big events yet. I'm hoping to go to SCG Seattle, um, but in I would like to work in the capacity of a coverage runner because I'm I'm clearly not on the level that I can play. But I, I would like to go and, and help out and you know check out the scene and just and see what it's like. So if that if that comes to pass, that would be my first actually experience at at a bigger event. The first thing I would recommend if you go to that event, when you go there and you see this wonderful monitors and cameras and this nice African American gentleman sitting there trying to plug all this stuff in and make it work. <laughs> yeah. Go up to Rashad and say, hey, Rashad, hi, here's who I am. A dime to a dollar because Rashad really does like a different story to tell. Yeah. You have a story to tell. We brought Holly Anderson was the head judge at the main event tables, and we brought her on. And she was wonderful, and then I interviewed her for this. It's <laughs> funny is that. He really looks for that in people. He likes people that are sure it's nice to bring in a Jerry T or whoever, bring in, you know, X X famous person from there. But if you bring in someone different for him, that's a lot of fun. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, yeah, I'm glad you said something. I mean, because normally I would just not, I mean, I would never come up with that on my own and have the balls to just say, hey, you know, I'm I'm here. You don't want to chat. But, you know, if you say so, I would definitely, I mean, Everybody knows knows of Rashad's. So that would be that would kind of be like talking to a celebrity. He doesn't <laughs> consider himself one. He looks like I mean he seems like he's just another like really nice guy. I mean there's a lot of them in the community, but he definitely he definitely seems like he's that kind of guy too. But I would still be I mean I'd probably still be kind of starstruck because I am around most people. <laughs> well, he's, he's just he's a unique person in this industry that. He doesn't make anything by doing this. This is not a money-making proposition for him. He does it because he loves it. And that's one of the things that you talk about and that you're starting to see more and more from this community. Yep, absolutely. I'm not making anything from this, but I really love to be a part of this. Definitely. I mean, it's it's good to find... Um, it, it's good to find such, I mean, such an inclusive you know, group of people after, I mean, you know, a lot of years just working different jobs and not really feeling like you can relate 
you know, to the to the folks you're around and not really feeling like anybody, you know, cares about the group as a whole. And then, you know, you get into the, the magic community. And I mean, it's not to, I'm sure there's sides to it that just are not rosy at all. You know, everything's got dark sides, so to speak. But in my experience so far, it's just it's been really rosy. Everyone's been great, <laughs> you know, which isn't that interesting, but that's the truth of it so far. I don't know, maybe I'll have more dirt next time. <laughs> well, that's what your podcast can do. You can yeah. <laughs> fill us in with all the dirt. How much support has your husband been a part of all this about you wanting to? He has been absolutely fantastic. I mean, I I couldn't, I really couldn't wish for a more, you know, supportive spouse and he it's I don't know it's it's kind of and I'm a pretty private person so it's a little bit awkward you know to talk about just in general for me but this but it's my second marriage and um my my first marriage was completely derailed by like cultural incompatibilities and and you know we don't really need to go into that um right now anyway but (laughs) but agreed yeah but but Elliot is really just, you know, he loves magic and he actually, you know, loves seeing me do, you know, what I like to do, whether it's art or being really involved in the community. Um, and he, he having the same interests helps, but I also think it's it's more just in his nature to be a supportive and compassionate person and so he wants to see me you know happy and I want to see him happy so as long as as long as you know magic is is enriching our lives and also you know adding adding value to our relationship you know then it's something that's definitely going to continue and it's it's something that we can support each other in being involved in so he's he's helped me out with getting the altar business started you know, he's helping me, you know, improve, you know, my play skills when we actually do have, have time to play a game together. And, you know, in between all of this, you know, he's a great dad. And then, you know, I try to return the favor by saying, yeah, you know, go get him Tiger when he goes out to play F&M. And, and so that's kind of how it works so far. So it's, it's been, it's been going well. There's no, there's not, it's not without its moments of friction because, you know, you, when you have kids, you know, you know, it's just so busy and you've got to make sacrifices and you've got to prioritize. Um, so there's definitely stress, there's definitely fights. But, you know, the good thing is, is that we can always come back to each other and, and talk it out and you know, or fight it out if need be. <laughs> and we, we like each other enough as people and as friends to to make that work, which I think is is something that was missing from from my first marriage because that was, it's just a different perspective. And so I'm this time around. It's, it's pretty awesome. I have to ask, Mm -hmm. you get to celebrate the three greatest letters of your life. It's called M O M being a mom. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what does it mean to you to be a mom? Oh my gosh. That, you know, there is just no feeling like it. And every time my mother would tell me, 
oh, you know, having a kid, it's going to change your life. It's going to change your perspective completely. I would just roll my eyes and I would, I would say, I'm going out with the girls, you know, I need another glass of wine and whatever, mom. But she was completely right. It, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and, oh, and you know that thing about like how you gradually turn out looking like your parents too? That's also true. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> but anyways. That's that's a whole different tangent, but it's it's just you. There's this person. They're a part of you. They're a part of your your, your spouse. Yet they're their own person. And I mean, it's it's really hard to describe. But it's like you're you're looking you're you're looking at you know this little bundle in your arms, and you know it's like they're their eyes are just kind of big and dark and you can see, you know, there's life there, but there's not really a realization of, you know, being alive. And then it's like, you actually see that transformation and you actually see that awareness and they get that little sparkle in, in their gaze. And, you know, they look back at you and it's, it's really, I mean, that's true magic. And I, I can't really do it justice and, and give it an eloquent description because it's something you have to see yourself. And all I can say is that it's amazing. It's the best thing I ever did. And I just feel like the luckiest bastard ever. Like you just said, the greatest accomplishment you could ever be as a parent. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and, you know, once you make that choice, you know, <laughs> They didn't ask to have you as a parent, so you better step up. And so that, that's that's what I try to remind myself every day. And it's it's just like with any other endeavor, like we talked about earlier. You know, sometimes you're tired and burnt out, and you just have to remind yourself that you know you you owe it to them to be the best parent that that you can be because this is a whole new life, and they're gonna they're gonna take their experiences and go out into the world, and you know. You want what they bring to the world to be something good and beautiful and not, and not something detrimental and harmful. And, and that's, and you know, that's the magnitude of what you're doing as a parent, which un- unfortunately I think there's a lot of people who don't understand that. And, and, but that's the truth of the matter. It's just, it just is that way. If you make that choice, then you have to be able to step up to the plate. You also got to be a dog owner before you became a parent? Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Did you hear my dog just now? Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, we have we have a German Shepherd. Um, his name's Axel, and he's a rescue. Um, I found him on Craigslist, and he's he's good. He he's a big dog. I'm a big dog person. Um, to be honest, I had small dogs. I had a miniature pincher, and I had one of those little white fluffy dogs, like like Jessica Simpson has. And I, and I don't know what I was smoking. I can't <laughs> little dogs. <laughs> I mean, I try. I it was a phase. It's embarrassing, but I I had the little dog. I had it in my purse, and I was just having like a Paris Hilton moment. And I, it's just so not me. Those dogs got rehomed, and they they they're with people that that love them the way they are, small and yappy. And now I have my German Shepherd, and I'm happy. So everything worked out okay. <laughs> if you look at certain people and you look at the pet they have, and it kind of fits. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so true. It's the yeah. dog. The dog will just adapt. <laughs> You'd be surprised how smart animals really are. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, no, it's definitely true. And our, our dog is, is a sweetheart. Um, but yeah, I also have a cat and, and she's a calico. Um, she, she actually was a stray and I just, I was driving one day, I pulled up at an intersection and there was this cat walking toward the car. And I, I just thought, what the heck are you doing? You know, it's, it's in the middle of the street and I opened the door and she jumped in the car. And so I thought, okay, you have no collar, you know, you're, you're kind of skinny, you look like a stray. So I just took her home and I've, I've, I've moved, you know, three or four times since then and we'll go to a new house. You know, she's basically an outdoor cat, but she has, she's never left my side after that day. And it's, it's a little bit strange, but you know, I like it. <laughs> and, and she's, she's just the greatest cat. And I think she's actually 10 times smarter than the dog, you know. Don't don't tell the dog that I said that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, well, I have kept you now for quite a while, and I believe that between our start and now, we're probably at that hour moment of time. It's gone fast. It's been great. Definitely. I mean, it's yeah. it's been great. A very enjoyable conversation. And yes. I just it's it's. I mean, well, I feel like it's an honor to be here, and and it's kind of incredible. So, I mean, <laughs> thanks for having me. It's it's been fantastic. I don't feel that way at all. I've I've <laughs> said that from the beginning when it came to this. Is I want to bring in as many unique and diverse people in the magic community. You know, artists work on a full time basis. You may be doing lots of different things by then. Yes. It's, cross your fingers. <laughs> yes, cross your fingers. And with the fact that. You know, 12 months from now is a long time, and lots of things change. But I highly recommend you going to the SCG tournament, if not for the fact that your husband can sneak in and play standard. <laughs> Which would be awesome. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? Now that they've changed how the format is, instead of giving... You know, if you're at level whatever, you get so many buys. Now they have to grind through like everybody else. Right, right. I was just seeing that today. It brings everybody back yeah. to an even level. And I think that is going to be interesting because then it allows someone like your husband to be able to go, you know what, watching Jerry T get the two buys and I have to grind through playing right. these crazy random decks I can't beat. <laughs> right, it's just heartbreaking, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're coming back down to us. And now I may be able to play someone that may have a more standard deck that I can compete with. Absolutely, like so- something that I that actually prepared for. Yes. <laughs> <Maybe>. yes. <laughs> yes. No, yeah, definitely. If we can swing it, I would love to be at SCG Seattle, and I know, um, and I know Elliot would love to play too. Um, just a matter of coordinating, you know, family family stuff, and um, I'm also hoping I might be able to get a. A, a booth setup um, or a shared table situation at PAX, which mm-hmm. is something that was suggested to me um, um, by David that organized the MTG cast listener appreciation. He suggested that. So might be trying to do that um, as well. Um, I mean, and these are just, it's all great opportunities to learn, you know, to learn more about the game and to see, you know, people in the community face to face. I mean, so it just sounds like a lot of fun to me. So I'm I'm really hoping that that we can swing some of those events and I'll get to, you know, see people in person. If you could ever get to a GP, you'd be surprised just how approachable people are. 
one of the things that I found from my experiences of just trying to do updates and stuff like that from tournaments is that people are not unapproachable. Now, obviously, if they've lost a match and they look like they're upset, yeah, probably leave them alone. <laughs> Between rounds, they're just joking and smiling and laughing and talking to each other and having fun. And, you know, you go up, say hi, and, I mean, plenty of people will autograph stuff and... Oh, wow. Yeah, that's great. They just, I mean, they're normal people. Sure, they hang out in their little, I guess you want to call them clicks, but that's because they know each other. Right. (laughs) I mean, there's a difference between, yeah, I mean, there's a difference between a a real cliquish attitude and just hanging out, you know, with your friends, obviously. So that's good to hear. I doubt he'd come out this far, but one of the faces that, if you ever get a chance to meet him, who's absolutely hysterical to watch is Gerard Fabiano. He's going to be one of the people that's going to be part of the coverage team for season two. Oh. Yeah, him, Joey's, Joey Pasco, who does your own TG Taps, absolutely right. wonderful. He's super easy to talk to. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he seems fun. Gavin's the same way, too. So, And in Seattle, more than likely, he'll be there. Because he's from that area. Gavin's awesome. real easy to talk to. Just don't have him sign anything. Okay. <laughs> does he just, does he have like a signing phobia or does he just not like it or just... He's a doctor. Oh. As far as how his handwriting is. <laughs> right. So it's like, hmm, what does this say? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this says Gavin. Okay, I get you. Right. <laughs> get you. I get you. <laughs> Highly recommend for people that are really interested. And Charlotte will tell you that. Now, she's been to two yeah. tournaments, and she'll tell you how much fun it's been just to go and see, and it's a lot of fun. And, and I highly recommend it if you can swing it with the parent, the parentals to help out or family right. or whoever to do it. Yeah. Highly worth it. It's a lot of fun. Who knows? If you do real well, he could get a, a shot on the SCG Live. Yeah. So, she, so she plays something different. <laughs> Play something different, do well, and they'll put you on coverage. Right, right. Well, you know, last week it, he won the F and M with with Mono Black Poison. There you go. Flash Rise. See, but you know, I, you know, in in the spirit of you know complete you know disclosure, he didn't have to play Cobblade. It was a lot of other Poison decks in the room, so we're still not sure on on that matchup. But, boy, with what was there, we it, it completely rolled it. So, I don't know. We'll try again I don't, this this Friday night, and, and we'll see. Who knows? It could be a completely different story. You never know. Portland is kind of crazy, like, crazy metagame environment at, um, you know, the local shops. Yes. It's really unpredictable. Just well, very, very all over the place. Even some of the pros use it, like, even Paolo uses it, even though he can afford MTGL, is Cockatrice. Well, it doesn't cost an arm and a leg like MTGO does. Right. Yeah, see, that's what we were thinking about. Should we get set up on MTGO? Or um, The other one I heard about was Magic Workstation. But do you know, I mean, do you have thoughts on that? With, Magic Workstation is a nice program, and it, mm-hmm. it, there's an upfront cost to it. But mm-hmm. I've noticed there's a lot of people that moved from that and just went right to Cockatrice because it's free. Oh, okay. <laughs> free is good. Yes. <laughs> There, see, and now we have that pleasing symmetry coming back to the beginning of the conversation. You know, I'll, you know, if you let me, I'll just keep talking too. So, 
Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna end the interview right here. So I will for the Men of Magic. This has been Robert with MJ Scott, who has been. We are done, and until next time, thank you for listening. <laughs>